Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, special events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. This is episode 19. Hi, Dr. Sarah. How are you? Hello there, Bethany. I'm good. How are you is the question. I am doing much better. We have not spoken to each other in what seems like months. We've been trying to get an episode in, but luck has not been in our favor, so that's why it's taken us so long. We've had a lot going on. So I actually had just gotten over coronavirus. I had texted Dr. Sarah like the day, I think like two days after, because I wasn't going to work, obviously. So I was like, oh, shoot, I need to let Dr. Sarah know that I'm not going to be able to record a podcast for a few weeks. So had that. And Dr. Sarah, you've had a lot going on, too. Yes, I have. In addition to just the everyday routine, taking care of family and business and wearing masks and social distancing, you know, for the most part, I've really been feeling good. And and I must say I've been encouraging women to pat themselves on the back, you know, because irregardless of what we face, um, uh, I was looking at a report that over 2 million women, I believe my number is right, could be even higher than that, have lost work. You know, they are out of work and they're at home attending to their families, you know, um, homeschooling. I mean, just wearing a lot of hats. And I ran across, I think it's the the editors of uh, New York Times. They created this, I think it's kind of like a conference line. I'm not sure how it how it is, but you can call in and just basically scream like you can call in to to just say, listen, I'm tired and I'm going through, you know, a lot here today is not the best day. And then you just, you can end it with the screen. Like just call in and release, release yourself. And you're not necessarily talking to a person. You're just talking to the phone, if you will, or to whatever system they have. And so they started collecting the data and started reaching out to some of these women um, to have this conversation with them about, you know, being out of work and homeschooling your children and all of that. And I was just so thankful uh, in listening to that. It was inspirational. Um, It was very empowering, but it was also thought-provoking. And it made me think beyond uh, my everyday responsibilities. And really, it just kind of made me feel a heart for other moms and women that are just going through you know, during this crisis, because we may look at the virus, but there are family crises too, that we are also going through and financials and all of that. So I was just like, wow, it made me really to start thinking about them and hoping, you know, that they figure a way um, to release the stress and pat themselves on the back and say, despite what we're going through, I'm proud of myself. Especially like if their kids or anything catch coronavirus or if the parents catch coronavirus, like that's a whole other issue that they have to deal with. I don't want you to, I only want you to share what you're willing to share. Um, Because although it is a public virus, I also respect that uh, to some extent it's a private medical crisis, you know, for an individual or family that's impacted by this. 
So as much as you'd like to share or, or you're comfortable with sharing, um, what was your, what helped you to overcome this virus? What did you kind of lean on and depend on to get you through each day? Uh, well, definitely my boyfriend and my family, like my boyfriend, like before like in the beginning of the pandemic, we were just so adamant at being so safe because I, we were worried if any of us got coronavirus that we were alone. We couldn't be there for each other, not physically anyways. So that was one of our biggest fears that if I catch coronavirus, I don't have anyone. My family is in New York. My boyfriend's in Michigan. Like, it's, I'm alone. So I definitely had my boyfriend who called me during his lunch break every day. And then he FaceTimed me at night. And then my mom called me. But then a lot of people in the Wiregrass checked up on me, too. Like, Dr. Sarah was really good at texting me once she knew, once I reached out to her and let her know that I had tested positive. But there were so many people in the community who were like, what do you need? I'm here for you. And they dropped off care packages because, like I said, I live alone, so I can't leave my apartment. I couldn't even leave my apartment to do laundry or to check my mail because I'd have to leave my apartment door to do that. So whatever I had in my apartment is what I had to live with for 10 plus days. Really what got me through is just the people checking up on me every day. I was so bored. I was going stir crazy. So I just love when people are checking up on me. Some people are even like, I'm sorry if I'm annoying you and checking up on you. I was like, no, please do it. Like, it keeps me entertained. So I'm just so grateful for like my family and the community because getting coronavirus is a scary thing. When I found out I tested positive, you don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. I may get even worse or I may get pneumonia. I may have to be hospitalized. And who knows what's going to happen after that. So those were... Some of my biggest fears, because like my boyfriend, he kind of just fly down and neither could my parents because we're in a pandemic. So it was very difficult. I mean, of course, I can only imagine not having been impacted personally by the virus. But one of my sisters, you know, and I think I share with you that she had one of the worst cases of Corona because hers developed also into pneumonia. And then just about two weeks ago, she had to go back um, to the hospital because her oxygen level um, had dropped. And so there's some um, residue, but she did have underlining issues. You know, she underlined, is that underlining? Yeah. She has some other issues, you know, health issues that um, caused it to um, impact her body or her health the way that it did. But the one thing, of course, you know, as I always say, I'm just thankful because when we started this conversation, wow, over a year ago, yep. <laughs> when we started this conversation talking about the virus and the pandemic, we still talked about how to find the good, how to find the good, uh, even in the midst of something that appears to be bad. And so what I'm hearing from your experience with Corona is that you were still able, through family support, through people checking up on you, um, sending you food, you know, you were still able to find something good that you brought out of that experience with you. Um, what would you share? Today, I feel like I'm interviewing you, like you're, <laughs> you're giving the word. Today. <laughs> what would you share with anyone else that may go through this experience? What would you share with them? 
to help them through this. Um, definitely open up to people, even if it is just about your health. After a few days, my chest was feeling tight and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, that's just a symptom of it. So I reached out to one of my friends who had had a coronavirus a few months ago. She was like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm good. I just have my chest feels tight. And she said, there are breathing exercises that you need to do that will help reduce that pain and it will help prevent pneumonia. So I want to share some of those breathing exercises, too, because I didn't know anything about it. Neither did my boyfriend or my mom and other people who I knew had coronavirus. They didn't know either. So I would also ask your doctor. But so some of the breathing exercises, if you feel tightness in your chest, is it's called floating your lungs. So what you're supposed to do is lay on your stomach. It helps give your lungs a little bit of a break throughout the day. So lay on your stomach twice a day for 20 to 30 minutes. So try doing that. And then also a few times a day, take a few deep breaths, hold it in for 10 seconds and then let it out. And after a day or two, that helped me so much. So, I mean, that's what I'm grateful for is just asking for help when you need it and being open to the people that you trust, too. So I think that was like a big thing. I also want to share my symptoms because a lot of People, I mean, even though we've been in coronavirus for a year now, with allergies right now, people are thinking, oh, it's just allergies. Well, it could also be coronavirus because that is a lot of common symptoms like you have with the flu or the cold. So my symptoms the first day was a dry cough and I had a sore throat. But I had just thought we had just done a radiothon the past two days. So I thought, oh, it's just from overuse of my voice. Well, then the second day, I still wasn't feeling well. My throat was sore and I had a fever. And then with the fever, I was like, that's not good. This is a symptom. And I was getting chills the next day. So day three of my symptoms, I woke up with another high temperature. I had the chills, sweating, headache. No matter what, if you have a symptom, just go get tested. Because another scary thing is even if you do test negative, it could still be a false test. I had tested positive, so I knew for sure it was coronavirus. And mm-hmm. like when the doctor told me, I was literally bawling my eyes out because I worked so hard for a year to try and not get coronavirus, but unfortunately it happened. Yeah, and I, I think that that's something um, that we all have to be conscious of too, you know, that when you're doing all the right things, you know, you're doing all the things that you are told to do that that may minimum minimize your exposure, but it does not prevent you from being infected by this virus because there are certain things, you know, we just can't control. Yeah. Um, the beauty of it, though, is not to fear. That's what I really want to encourage everyone because fear in and of itself attacks the immune system. And our immune system, of course, as we all know, is what fights against not just corona, but against all types of free radicals and bacteria and things of that nature. And so we can't fear. All we can do is do what we are told to do and do our very best at doing that. And I just think that that's the way we can get throughout life. Because fear causes stress, anxiety. And remember, we talked about that, too. We talked about certain anxieties that that we may have. And it's just amazing, though, how 
I think, from my thought of just assessing everything, is how a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, um, a lot of times people think maybe we're just sharing this because we know it, but we have used these things, these experiences, you know, ourselves, or use these types of tools and resources, information to help ourselves during these times. So what did you look forward to in overcoming this virus? What were you looking forward to? Like, I know I'm going to be okay. And when I'm out of here, you know, when I'm done with this quarantine and this virus, I'm looking forward to this. What was the this? Uh, like freedom, like being able to leave my apartment and go where I want to go and go grocery shopping, <laughs> just like simple things like that. Just because I didn't really leave my apartment at all. I wanted that fresh air. So that's really what I was looking forward to most was fresh air, the ability to leave my apartment, like to come and go whenever I want to and to actually see people again. Because I didn't see anyone other than going to get tested for like 10 plus days. And I'm like a social person. I'm a people person. I have to be talking to someone or being around someone. So that's really what I was looking forward to most. Because I felt so like I felt like the little mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> so so did you have to get tested afterwards? What's like the protocol for that? After you have gone through, do you get tested in the midst of it or after the quarantine days? So on day 11, I got tested again um, just because I wanted to see if I was negative. So that way I felt more comfortable to finally leave quarantine and go back to work. But there's kind of an outbreak at work. A bunch of us had tested positive for coronavirus. So I was trying to be proactive. And if I was still positive, I didn't want to go back to work and infect anyone. Day 11, I went to get tested and it was still positive. So I went back into quarantine. But they told me the nurse, she's like, we actually advise people not to get tested after their quarantine, like after the 10 days, because it coronavirus can stay up into your, in your system for up to 30 days. Now, that doesn't mean you're contagious for 30 oh, okay. days, but we don't know. Right. And so I was like, so what do I do? And she said, after 12 to 14 days, you should be good. You shouldn't be contagious. Now, that's probably not 100% guaranteed. I mean, it was just a warning. And I was just like, oh, I do not want to be quarantined any longer. I just want freedom. I mean, it was hard. So I had to get tested twice. And of course, they were both positive both times. Okay. But they say so I only get tested. about 14 days. Yeah. So they say only to get tested again after your quarantine is if your work requires a negative test before coming into okay. work. Okay. Were you on any medication? I took Tylenol. Um, they say like ibuprofen or Tylenol really does help. So that's what I was taking. And I was taking NyQuil to help me sleep, which I slept pretty well with coronavirus. I didn't have any issues with it. And then to help with my congestion, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I was taking DayQuil. And after I took DayQuil, I don't like the taste of it anyways. It's just nasty. So I was started getting an upset stomach after I would take it. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just because I don't like it. Well, day four of like taking DayQuil, I finally got sick to my stomach. And I was like, I'm on like day 14 of my quarantine. <laughs> like I shouldn't be going backwards. And I was like, let me check 
the expiration date. Well, the day cool expired back in like September. I was like, so that's why I haven't, my stomach's been upset because I was totally fine up until I started taking day quill. Well, it's good that you thought, you know, to, to read the bottle. Yes. See how just reading the bottle, <laughs> you know, that's amazing because sometimes we are contributing to our own problems, but then we also find that we can be that same solution. Mm-hmm. You know, just that information can make a huge uh, difference in the way that we feel. And so that was really good that that came to your mind. And, you know, like I said, I'm just so um, thankful. Of course, I was so concerned. Um, not afraid, though. I, I just always felt that you were going to be okay. I know that you are a strong person. I believed that your immune system could handle it. Um, so I think my my... Uh, most of my concern was just I didn't want you to feel that you were alone, you know, and if you you need anything. But that's another reason why I am always overjoyed with the opportunities that we have um, for these podcasts, because what you experience, what you experience is what we're talking about. It's what we're all about, staying connected and having the community to come in volunteers of the community to make sure that you have food, having a supportive family. These are things that can get us through not just the um, issue or this pandemic, but all of life issues, a good support system, people being there with you when you need them the most and committed uh, to you during a time of loss in a time of need because you weren't able to work, you know, throughout mm-hmm. this experience and you needed um, support because you were in isolation, you know, you were in quarantine, but I always thought that you'd make it out, you know, just fine. And I was looking forward to um, you sharing this experience. So thank you so much for sharing that with our audience today. Of course. Yeah, I wanted to. It was important because I know other people are going through the same thing as me or they've been through it already. So it's just important to kind of get my voice out there and just to have it heard. And also one more thing before we end. So Dr. Sarah, the day I tested positive, I had no running water in my apartment. So (laughs) I had called one of my coworkers. I was like, is there any way you can drop me off some water? I can't go anywhere because I literally had one water bottle left to like wash my hands and brush my teeth. So one of my coworkers and I couldn't cook anything either because I was going to cook chicken, but I didn't want to deal with raw chicken. So one of my coworkers, she mm-hmm. dropped me off like two big jugs of water and then some soup. And then the next day I finally had running water, but I walked to the toilet and there's water all surrounding my toilet. So I think whatever they were doing with plumbing outside affected my toilet and it was leaking. So I had to turn my water line on and off. Every time I had to use the bathroom for two weeks because maintenance couldn't come into my apartment because I was oh sick with goodness. coronavirus. It was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's not a that's not a laugh um, at you no, or with you. That's one of those laughter like unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. Like when it rains, you know, it pours. I know, right? And then you're having to be weak, you yeah. know, because I know you had to be weak physically and trying to do all of these steps. And that is another reason why we have to see the good, 
you know, and we do have to laugh at these moments after they're over. Of course, we're not laughing in that moment, but after it's over, we, we kind of laugh at like, wow, that was an adventure, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and I think that the laughter keeps you from really breaking down crying, um, because (laughs) even though we try not to be fearful, we try not to be anxious. There are still those moments of uncertainty, um, that we, we face. Um, And that's with any, you know, health issue. I know sometimes people, because the focus for over a year or I believe over a year now, you know, has been the coronavirus. But there are so many other illnesses that people, you know, are dealing with and they are surviving. And so we're always um, thankful for those that are willing to share that experience of how they they overcame that life crisis. And so we're here again, and we have an expectation to be back uh, with our listeners. And we hope that, you know, we get the chance to meet some of the others in the community. Once we are in a uh, safer place, I must admit, I am still semi-quarantining, have not returned to doing a lot of things, you know, as far as I just started talking to my husband about reopening my office and being comfortable enough to start the, the plan of working outside of the home, um, but more so because I'm trying to make sure that the girls are good too, and my husband, yeah. you know, who has um, some health issues. But I hope one day that we can um, reach out to some of those in the community and have like a little session on how, you know, how it impacted them, how they survived this. And just really be there to embrace each other and to just celebrate one another um, because we're making it and we're doing the very best that we possibly can. And we're staying connected. And we are staying connected. That's right. <laughs> and next yeah. time, we'll, yeah. we won't just talk about coronavirus. We'll do something else. So if you have any topics for Dr. Sarah or I, you can send me an email, bethany at trpdothan.com. Yes, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Thank you for listening to episode 19 of Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, brought to you by the radio people.